0: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Rev. Dan Beckett.
1: Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Rev. Dan Beckett, here with special guest co-host Rev. Kelly Isola. Today, Reverend Kelly and I will discuss ways that spirituality and recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your recovery journey. If you're listening live, you're welcome to join the discussion with your comments and questions. You can call us right now at 816-251-3555. Again, the number is 816-251-3555. We'd love to hear from you.
0: And for Facebook users, you can also message us during the show, um, anytime during the week. But right now, you can certainly go on Facebook to Spirit of Recovery. That's our Facebook page. And you can type a message in there now during the show or click send a message um, right below the, the cover photo and to send a message to us. And just with phone calls, anonymity is always respected and honored.
1: Today's show is titled A New Path to Freedom. When we become willing to try a new way of living, a path to freedom opens up. This path is rooted in faith. And when we can truly, quote, let go and let God, we are well on our way to a new life. Today, we want to talk about how to let go, trust the higher power, and walk that path to freedom.
0: So on the show, we're going to begin by sharing our own experiences of the chains of addiction um, and how we're bound by addiction, and then we're going to move into the solution, um, which is the power of faith. And then after the break, we'll just share exactly and some experiences and some steps for how the power of faith has helped each of us um, to find this new a new path to freedom, a new sense of freedom in life, to drop those chains of addiction. So Dan, we'll start with you. You get to go first. All right.
1: Uh, I'll share a little bit about my experience of the chains of addiction. Uh, What comes to mind first for me with that is um, this idea that I learned somewhere along the way of addiction as the loss of the power to choose. And the first time I heard that, I immediately identified with it because that's exactly what it felt like to me when I was in active addiction. I, I definitely felt like it had me. I've I've heard it said. I didn't. I wasn't in control of it. It had control of me, yeah. and it decided uh, whether I would drink or not, and how much I would drink, or whatever else might be going on related to that. And my experience of walking the path uh, of recovery is to, in part, one way that's been helpful for me to look at it is to look at it as regaining that lost power to choose, and so. Chains of addiction, at least in part, feel like uh, losing the power to choose my own behavior.
0: Well, and even I, I, I didn't. I was as I was listening to, you, I, I was realizing just how long it's been since I have realized that when I learned, oh wait, I can make a different choice. And so I was just revisiting that power to choose or lack of, and really how. Um, that that is chains and it is so binding and it's not just even you know choosing our behavior but choosing our thinking I mean it's like choosing everything and how much addiction was there is no choice it's like you put your you know close your eyes put the blinders down put your head down and just go and there's no choices there's you just you do what you have to do to to use you do what you have to do to get a roof over your head to you know in lots of different ways
1: yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm realizing that I'm experiencing it again now in a way, and I, I don't want to minimize uh, the hell I went through with uh, alcohol addiction recovery, but it uh, amuses me a little bit that literally uh, I'm this will happen with uh, things like chocolate and sugar. I, I got it real bad now, and I'll I'll actually do this. I'll say, oh, uh, I'm gonna eat one peanut M&M and see what happens. I'll tell you right now what's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm going to eat the rest of the bag or I'm going to eat till I feel kind of a little bit queasy and then I'm going to stop.
0: <laughs> I'll I only I'll eat only one eat one every, minute, every 10 like seconds. A little
1: joke that I play with myself. Right. I can't I'll, eat one. I lost that power of choice.
0: Right. One is too many, a thousand's never enough kind of thing. Yes, yeah, exactly I'll only eat one every 10 seconds. How's that? <laughs> so I so I'm tricking myself into thinking that I have choice because I'm adding, you know, um but yeah, the choice is, or thinking there is no choice, that this is the life I'm going to lead, and and actually coming to the realization that uh, I'd been living that way for a long time. Like, that was just not even realizing that that was what was driving me, was that, that choice had left long ago, and for lots of different reasons, for I need to get my next drink, my next fix, I need to get a roof over my head, I need... You know, because I can't work. Where am I going to, you know, who am I going to steal money from this time? And, who? oh, it's just never-ending, the choices that we now have. Even to the extent that I walk into Walmart now or and I look at, like, too many choices, even something like that. You know, or when you look at even just the dairy section, I'm like, okay, I don't need 10 varieties of milk. Help me out here. Just, you know, maybe three or four.
1: You know, you said something that really caught my attention because I might have forgotten uh, by the time I began to become aware that maybe I wasn't choosing anymore how much I was drinking I was far past the point of being able to regain that choice it it, I don't know how many years it's a it become, it'd be an academic exercise it doesn't really matter but I can safely say that I was years past the ability to choose when I began to realize that maybe there was something going on. Maybe I wasn't the one who was in control of my drinking. And, and that, that was, has been my experience of the nature of addiction, whether it's my addiction to tobacco products, mm. which I've been off of maybe a year and a half, not that long, um, or uh, sugar. You know which comes and goes. It it. Uh, I don't I don't wake up in jail when I eat peanut M and M's, and so right. it's a little hard to gather the motivation to do something about it. But it it's the same um, downward spiral dynamic I've noticed. And yeah, by the time I I realize uh, that I'm not the one in the driver's seat, it's far far too late. That's the one of the what I had experienced as the insidious nature. Of addiction
0: yep absolutely and and the the lies that we tell ourselves because there is n- no choosing, but we still think we are choosing well, I can quit at any time, or you know I can like i used to um uh, how much you know you drink too much and then you get sick, and you know but how how much Coke can I do to keep myself from getting sick? And then how much uh, can I, you know, and then if there's too much Coke, then I need to drink some to bring the, to bring that high down. And so it, you know, I I would think of it as I'm choosing, um, and it wasn't choosing. It was how do I, you know, keep myself going? How do I keep this high going without passing out or getting sick or, you know, Blacking out or whatever. Uh, how do I keep that going? There was no choice. I just this was just rote activity to um, to keep myself from you know to, trying to fill that big black hole.
1: I distinctly remember, and this was um, close to the end of my drinking career, that I would I would literally I would come home from work, I'd walk in the house, and in my head. I'm talking about I'm having a conversation with maybe you know, maybe I'll just wait uh, a little while, maybe take it take it easy a little bit this evening uh, with the drinking. While I'm having that conversation, my body walked myself to the bottle of tequila, poured it, and drank it while I'm having this conversation in my uh-huh. head. And I watched this happen, and I'm like, oh boy. You know, I just uh sure, feel free uh to go through the motions of making a decision, but guess what? You ain't you're not making a decision. You you don't get the pick.
0: Yep. Well and in the the me. it it what did you say earlier that it chooses you? I think yeah. you, did you say that? If not, you it, probably should it's have. It's got me. Yeah. It does. And so it I'm being led. I'm not um I'm doing whatever I have to do, um, and that's that's that chain part, like that's that being held captive uh is that, and it's as you said, insidious the whole time I thought I was no, no, I'm choosing this, no, especially you know when you're high school or college age, no, I'm just you know having fun, I'm twenty years old, and you know that's what you do when you're twenty, and not even realizing that no, it's you're already bound. And, you know, in the chains and you're already being led by something else and every decision I make, you know, where I go, how late I'm out, who I'm hanging out with, you know, what I'm doing, um, you know, finding the money and finding the who's the right people and finding the connection and keeping the secrets and living multiple lives, trying to keep track of all the lies of each life. Um, There was no there was no choosing. It was you have to. You have to. It's not optional.
1: I remember um, realizing and being well aware of that I was hiding how much I was drinking. I didn't want anybody to know how much I was drinking because I knew enough to know that it was, you know, an eyebrows eyebrow raising amount by anybody's standards. And so rather than kind of encounter that situation, I would uh, conceal as well as I could. So then, you know, I do things like I've heard have so many friends uh, have similar experience. I, I pre drink, right. I'm going to go somewhere with some people, but I'll drink ahead of time And then I'll drink what would appear to be a reasonable amount in front of others while I'm there. And then I'll drink more when I get home or in the bathroom or whatever. You know, a whole variety of strategies. Why? Because I don't have a choice. Hey, what about instead of doing all that, what if I just... Don't drink so much that if anyone saw me, they would become very concerned. Oh, that's not an option. I'm sorry.
0: Right. I don't have
1: that choice. That's that's silly to think back. But man, chains is a good word for this. I did not have a choice. I was hiding it because I had to.
0: Well, and it's just and it's uh, the chains is is it's a powerful metaphor. And I think we all know it. We're, you know, we're bound to something. And. You know, I also get this image in my mind of, um, you know, I'm bound or like the chains certainly, uh, you know, across who I tell what. You know, like the way you were just describing, you know, the drinking. And, you know, in hindsight, we kind of go, okay, and who did you think you were fooling? (laughs) (laughs) Right, because nobody could tell. We're that brilliant at it um but even even so not even you know that i, I had this image in my mind of like the chains across my lips or across my heart there is no way there's you know the, the heart is it's bound up it's there's chains across it i am not opening it up i this is a yeah. vault and because that's what i had been taught um, yes. life experiences from small child said that I'm not enough I'll never be enough and I'll never have enough so there's no point in trying well that there's no that's it that's just how it's going to be and so I'm chained yes. to that belief and that I'm fat ugly and stupid and okay move forward and and that so, determines your what every action you take yeah
1: that's chains of its own uh, along with the addiction chains. So let's shift gears a little bit. And now that we uh, know about this challenge of the way that addiction really does have us in chains in many ways, what is the solution? Well, in Unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principle.
0: Yep. Um, Sorry, I just was. I was still. I was still thinking about. You were
1: in the chain. <laughs> I was. I was still.
0: Well, I was. I was Easy thinking about it. I, well, yeah, because I don't. It isn't. I don't always think about it a lot or in that depth. Um, yeah, there is in unity. Um, the belief that that spiritual principles govern our life, guide our life, and in particular in Unity, co-founder Charles Fillmore defined 12 spiritual abilities or 12 faculties that all people have, and he called these um, 12 core abilities uh, the 12 powers, and that we can consciously use them to handle every situation in life. Um, it doesn't matter what's going on that we can use them to be the best that we can be To by using them consciously we create a life that we desire which would be Not the chains
1: Yes And and, uh, and a power uh, one that can help us move out of addiction and into freedom is the power of faith mm. And that's what we want to focus on here today but we may ask, what do we mean when we say faith? That seems to mean a lot of things to a lot of people and and how do i what how would I know anyway what that looks like in my life? And does that mean I have to be religious? It sounds like I've got to be religious. So Kelly, in your experience or what comes to mind for you when you think about this power of faith, what does that look like or feel like, or how did you find it, or what what's it like when it shows up?
0: Well, I remember uh... You know, well, I'm going to start with like your last question about the religion question, uh, because invariably that's, I think, where I know, you know, people can get tripped up, you know, when you first get into recovery and and especially when you see the word faith, um, you know, or you see the word God, you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I'm not doing any religion here. And and for many of us, God was – who the heck wants a god that's punishing? So my first response, you know, the, about the religion, it doesn't have anything for me. It faith doesn't have anything to do with religion. It they can be connected, but it doesn't have to. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. That you know, faith is, um, you know, believing without seeing. There's a, there's a whole lot of definitions for faith, and it's it's believing something without seeing. And so I would when I first you know, got into recovery, I would watch people. And I could see someone was smiling, or I could see someone sure seemed to have a lot more joy in their life than I did. And so just watch what they did. And, and so I, I could believe if they could do it, maybe I could do it. And that's kind of how it got started. Um, it wasn't about any particular religion. Um, but, uh, and, and, again it means so many different things to so many different people and that's where it started for me and then it's grown over the years um faith is um is, is i still sometimes as i'm stumbling now with words sometimes have a difficulty in defining it and but in, it's a f- solid foundation, and in and in unity, it is a one of the twelve powers, um, one of these core capabilities, that says that we it's the knowing, it's the inner knowing, it's um, the believing without seeing, it's the the you know our inner wisdom kind of that says i know that this is so and i can believe in this and that god is everywhere present there's things i can believe that i don't necessarily have to see does that make sense
1: it does and i had that same experience early in recovery seeing other people in the program who had been there a while and and they weren't um uh, you know right at the start like i was and i saw them uh living, you know, seeming to be healthy, and, and they would share their experiences, uh, you know, some of which were way worse than uh, what I had experienced, and, and I also was able to kind of, I don't know that I would have used these words, but to borrow their faith, so mm-hmm. to speak. I mean, I don't know if they went to church or not, and I don't know how they would describe faith, but I saw that they knew that they were okay, and I thought, I would like to know that I can be okay too. So one way I'd seen faith early on is that kind of inner knowing, like you just said, it's an inner knowing or an assurance that, that I just take for granted that I, I'm going to be okay in all this. I don't know how I'm not sure, but they are, they did it and and I'm here with them. And so I think I can do it too. So in a yeah. sense, I was, like I said, borrowing their faith even if i didn't know what that was or you know doesn't really matter how they would articulate it but i was still picking up on it from other people
0: well and um i think that's the power of two things one that's the power of faith is that we tend to think of it as individual but there's also a very collective you know element to faith and and Because I watched others, because I watched, you know, somebody get a job and somebody go back to school. And and I watched enough people sort of learning to choose, right, breaking the chains. And I would think, okay, well, I could probably do that. Like you start to learn that I started to learn through that faith that – and even if it's just faith in the rooms, right, faith in each other, um, you know, keep coming back okay, what else am I going to do? Go back out to the streets? You know, maybe I'll try this. And the idea that, um, you know, we'll just try it for 90 days. And if you don't like it, we'll gladly refund your misery. I'm like, okay. You know, and so it was faith in just some simple things, watching someone get a job, watching someone celebrate 90 days clean, or one year, or 10 years, or whatever it was, finish a fourth step, like, okay, like, I can finish things, and and if I just stay around long enough, um, I can, you know, I can probably have life be different, too. But I think that was probably one of the most powerful was the faith in someone else, what they're doing and how they're doing it.
1: Yeah, seeing seeing that this works, you know, they would say that, and I would see it too you know we'd say um um, it works if you work it and meeting makers make it and and all these slogans on the wall but even more than that yeah it's the people who were there and oh and you know after a while you figure out oh this person you know they've got this many years or months or whatever and you know, everybody was an expert compared to me, how I felt, I know, you know, right? walking in the door at the beginning. It's like, wow, that guy got six months. I, man, I can't wait. That'll be great if I could have six months. And it is, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I still say that if I'm in a meeting and someone picks up a, a three month, six month, or whatever token, I make sure and make a point to tell them that is a big deal. That is huge. What you've been able to do. I hope that you realize, um, the mountain that you've climbed to get there and you can do this. You are doing it. I find this, I think about faith because faith is such an, can feel like such an abstract thing that it helps me to, um, apprehend it, if you will, uh, in my, in my heart, in my, in my own experience. um, in what does it feel like it in, in this maybe this is what a, a, an outcome of having faith is but it shows me that it's there it's just a feeling of joy you mm-hmm. know this we talk about a, an assurance um, and I, is faith the assurance well I I feel a sense of assurance and I know that that's the result of this thing I don't understand called faith in the same way that I can feel a sense of joy not only for what's going on but just generally feeling positive about the future like there is a future and it's a future without the chains of addiction like we're talking about and the joy the joy that just comes from knowing that that's true and it's faith that's showing me it's true yes i see it in other people but i haven't done it yet right. you know i'm making some assumptions when I go from they did it to I can do it, and it's faith that allows me to make that that jump.
0: Yeah, and uh, it, it was the walking the talk, right? So there's this very down-to-earth... Um, faith is not this uh, it's not always this very elusive high up in the clouds at the top of the mountain that it's very down to earth and down on the ground and um the foundation on which i stand you know i when i think about faith of course it's the you know the third step uh in recovery and hope was step 2 and hope has a, has a, a future sense to it you know it's almost like tomorrow never comes you know, but but hope and hope is a similar kind of thing to me. And then faith became a right here and right now, a present moment, um, and something I could stand on. Um and so I needed the we in order to have that foundation. And then slowly over time learning I'm I need the we and I can also do this when there's no we around me. But I had to learn that. I had to uh I had to watch a lot of people. Yes. I wasn't that I'm trusting.
1: <laughs> forever grateful for all those that came before me who continued to show up, you know, so that they were there when I walked in the door, like I hope I am there um for someone else as they walk in the door or listen to the show or or whatever. Right. Way that they're encountering or walking their own recovery path. You know, I'm, I'm remembering from the Hebrew Bible a phrase that always stuck with me that I love from um, from Kings, a still small voice. Now, the phrase is kind of getting at the, you know, it's a pointer, it's a signpost to God, but to me, it's that's how faith shows up. It's a very subtle thing i can easily drown it out you know with my chattering mind or if i'm not willing to sit still long enough but if i am it it kind of comes up in me just like how i think of divine presence uh you know these things sort of can blur together for me the divine presence shows up in me as a still small voice or you know what is the space between my breaths is that where god is do i have faith that that is true, what is that? You know, and just being able to find a sense of peace in it, just like we're saying that, that, there, is, um, that there is a future, and things can be okay. Even if I have no idea right now how that could be true, um, I believe that it's faith that I'm using to connect those things together. And when I can conceive of the, the divine in me as a still small voice, It helps me a lot, but let us hold that thought because it's time for a short break. And when we come back, we'd love to hear from you as we continue the conversation. The phone number again to dial if you'd like to join in is 816-251-3555. Please stay with us.
0: Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery.
1: Welcome back. We're glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett here with Reverend Kelly Isla, And we'll resume our discussion in a moment But first, we want to remind you that the phone lines are open. If you would like to call, have a question or a comment to share, Uh, you can reach us at 816-251-3555. Again, the number is 816-251-3555.
0: So prior to the break, we were talking about uh, faith uh in terms of what it means to us and how we uh were defining it. And what you were had just uh kind of tapped into and unpacked a little bit, Dan, was that uh still small voice. Um and that, you know, being still and um and being quiet and, and listening. Um and so now we're gonna um so we know what the challenge is. We talked at the beginning about our own you know active addiction life and what the chains of addiction looked like and and just a few there's a i'm sure you know multiple hours of storytelling of what the chains really look like um and how it show how the chains show up in different ways but and and that the solution what we're talking about today is from the chains of addiction to the to freedom you know freedom a sense of freedom in life in our hearts our minds our bodies uh through the power of faith and and so we want um talk about uh how exactly does that how exactly does faith lead us to that freedom because otherwise it's just a good theory. you know we could exactly. talk forever, and a theory will only get you so far so um as you were talking about that the you know that still small voice and being still and quiet and listening um and listening you know for God or listening for the divine i what i what i you know had forgotten too is that um in terms of faith you know in in active life i put my faith in a lot of people not you know misplaced um and listened to a lot of people outside of me and had to learn in recovery that still small voice however you define it to to get still and to you know the the chatter in your mind to so that you could hear a real, the real voice of faith, you know, that foundation on which we stand. So, how do you do that?
1: Well, I think what comes to mind first, one way that faith helped me move from addiction to freedom is that it gave me, it gave me a way, in a sense, to discern the path forward. Uh, which we've also called guidance. You know, also we could call that wisdom. You know, how how do I know uh, what's the next right thing to do, or if doing nothing is the next right thing? Well, if I have faith in some kind of higher power, uh, God presence, divine presence, then I can turn to that for guidance. And and this is the way. You know, I'm realizing as we talk about this that that faith. Uh, in inside in my wordless inner space, um, faith sort of can quickly morph into guidance because it's faith that um, allows me to know that I can access this thing I call guidance, this internal um, instinct, the the still small voice, would, however I may conceive of it. And so, faith gave me a way to discern the path forward. You know, it could be as simple as. Ah, uh, showing up at a, a at a recovery meeting, or or showing up at another recovery meeting again the next day. Um, you mentioned how uh, we use the power of faith, and I was reminded of a phrase that I like that I picked up from somebody somewhere. Um, <laughs> the idea that you know, it, regardless of what I may know or not know, that I'm I'm using faith one way or the other. I might have all my faith in all the wrong people, all the wrong things. I might have, my faith might be invested in self-will, you know, when I, when I might be better served. I have been better served by shifting that focus to, um, you know, the sort of elusive, in a sense, divine presence. And I've heard that called an unskillful use of mind. <laughs> you know when i use when i misuse the power of faith or strength or whatever it might be um that is an unskillful use of mind and what i would like to do is use that power use my mind in a skillful manner by you know uh, aiming if you will or directing my faith in healthy directions and when i do that when i direct it at this you know this wordless divine presence in me that helps illuminate the path forward. So that's one way.
0: Well, what, uh, say? It, so wait, say it, so um, what was that? The use of mind, say that phrase again. Unskillful. Unskillful.
1: Un, my, my minister used to say that unskillful uses of mind Yeah. are the ways that we can misuse, you know, say the 12 powers or just about anything, but I can misuse my faith by putting it in people, maybe the wrong people, you know, lots and lots of
0: ways. Well, what it what it harkens back to is what we were talking about at the beginning was um, that rather than being pulled, you know, life, it brings you back to choice, right? If I'm operating on this unskillful use of mind, and then all of a sudden, I discover there's a, a way to skillfully use my mind. All of a sudden, now, I'm not at the mercy of circumstance. I'm not at the mercy of someone else and life and, circum- you know, all of these things that, well, it just, you know, that's that's life and it's always going to be miserable and I'm always going to believe I'm not enough. And, you know, I, all of a sudden, just that statement of unskillful use of mind means that there is a skillful use of the mind, which now just opens up a whole new world of choice, which is freedom.
1: I love that because that that's a that's a way that I can conceive of rather than it having a hold of me. Yeah. And certainly there's work I need to do in order to loosen the grip that the that the addiction uh, had on me that I allowed it to over time. But I love that. Um, yes, if there's a skillful use, well maybe if I did things differently conceived of things differently, made different decisions because of how I conceived of things, took different actions because of uh, different things going on in my mind that I can recover the power of choice. And I think that's absolutely what happens. You know, one one meeting at a time, one conversation at a time, one prayer at a time. Uh, when I was in my first year, there was a guy in that the home group I was in at that time who had 40 years of recovery. I just could not fathom 40 years. I, you know, and every, it, it was just mind boggling yeah. to me. And so I paid more attention to what this guy was saying. I don't know if that was a good idea or not. Um, but it, 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 he, he said once, look, in the first couple of years, you guys got, got to do one thing. If your head hits the pillow at the end of the day and you didn't drink, you won. You did it right. That's all that matters and and That both scared me and inspired me Because I when he said that I knew it was true and I had never thought about that But it it scared me because it really illuminated the power of this addiction and I'm like, oh man You know if if that's doing if that's all you got to do then that must be really hard And I got nervous, but it also made me pay attention and it made me grateful every night because I remembered it every night. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to bed and I didn't take a drink for today. You know what? I I get a gold star. I give myself a gold star. It's all well, it that also, matters. Yeah, well,
0: it also lets us off the hook. I, I don't know about you, but I spent – I mean, what drove me to addiction was this huge black hole, this shame, you know, that – that um is I'm never going to measure up I'm not you know I'm not worthy I'm not valuable I don't matter and and that just played out through addiction and so hearing someone say the same you know similar kind of things to me I heard it enough times and I could have faith that maybe that was true for me and if that's if that was quote unquote all I managed to do that day that was a good thing and it was okay and and to drop the expectation of having to do, you know, this and this and this and be good at that and be good at that and find more ways of how I let someone down, right? Find more ways of how I'll never measure up to just just be okay with that. And that I'm not alone. That was really important for me in building faith and, and having a sense of I mean there's it's quite freeing when you realize you're not alone, that other people are struggling.
1: Power of the group. Yep. I, I wouldn't be here without it. I'm completely I know that that's true. You know, one way that faith helped me move from addiction to freedom is that it gave me it gave me a sense of hope even when I couldn't see a way through, whatever the difficulties may be. And, you know, I'm reminded I'm a I'm a big Bible nerd, fan of the scripture, and I'm reminded from <laughs> something um, in the Hebrew Bible from the prophet Jeremiah that goes uh, for surely I know the plans I have for you plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope and just the fact that somebody uh, X thousand years ago uh, felt inspired to write that down that helps me today that there's this unknowable undefined um, deep, deep power in the universe that cares about me that has uh, set the stage for my growth. I would say, you know, I don't, I don't personally use the the idea that, that it has a plan for me. I think the plan is infinite possibility. You know, I get to choose um, how I respond to the things around me, but that this. Uh, divine presence has created infinite, or is infinite possibility, and that right there gives me hope. It's like, oh, you know, even if I perceive this door is closed, that door is closed, I'll never be able to do this. I'm too old to do this. all that kind of. It doesn't matter because there's an infinite number of doors that are open. I just can't see them yet. Well, that let me shift my vision then. I'm going to go find those. Who cares about the things that I think I can't do? I might be wrong too. I'm going to focus on this infinite possibility, this plans for my welfare, and that gives me a future. I love that idea. That right there uh, is a way that faith shows up to keep me moving out of addiction and more and more, you know, into a sense of freedom.
0: Well, it also and it and it says, you know, just. And we've heard this from lots of, you know, over the years, but even however many thousands of years ago, you know, the the writer of this scripture, um, it is, you know, it's a statement for surely I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare and not for your harm to give you a future with hope is about, you know, a brighter tomorrow. And it's a response to the dark night of the soul. Right. So it's so I'm like, oh, so for how many thousands of years have people been struggling? Okay, I'm not alone. Right, somebody and somebody wrote it down fifteen hundred years ago. You know, and even a prophet, you know, the, um, you know, if I think about prophets, or I think about, you know, people like Myrtle Fillmore or Buddha or you know these you know spiritual leaders that I might hold in high regard, they all had you know the challenges and turned to faith. Like what's, what am I standing on that I, that will allow me to just take the next right action for my good. You know, and that may just be picking up the phone, go to a meeting, not using, you know, go outside and help someone else. Get over yourself, you know, (laughs) like go, go, you know, be in service to someone else. I mean, that'll get you quick out of your out of your own, um, you know, the self-absorbed thing that the chains.
1: You know, another thing that came to mind and, and, and I'm reminded of this. Uh, from something you shared a few minutes ago, and and the phrase that I always use for it is the power of community. So one way that faith helped me move from addiction to freedom is that it showed me me something that I have in common with a lot of people that I don't know. You know, we talk about communities of faith, uh, and they're usually identified by this or that religion, um, which doesn't really matter to me, uh, when I realized that, you know, when I look to this thing I call faith for a brighter tomorrow, uh, for, uh, you know, as the, the source of, of a guidance that I can trust and in a way that'll help me skillfully uh, use my mind. And I realized that, Oh, all there's all these other people over here um, in this religion called Judaism. They're doing this too. And all those, yep. those Muslims, they're doing it too. Yeah. And, uh, even when I take the you know the unity idea that well we're all practicing faith one way or the other, all these atheists they're doing it too. Yep. You know they have a strong knowing that this is how it is, and I, for some reason, just knowing that there are groups very large numbers of people who are operating on what they you know they're responding to the same things I am. Yeah. They may those expressions might look very different. Um, and and that's not a, that's not an issue. I just love that they're responding to the same things that I am, and so today, I am very comfortable in in just about anything we call a community of faith because I don't need to be right. I am more than happy to learn a new way of being, a new expression of the divine, whatever it might be. I can go to any Christian denomination and find something in the people there that I can uh, connect with. And, but the the common denominator and all that to me is faith. Just the power of faith, not the particular expression of faith, not the religion or the denomination, but the answering that, that wordless call of the divine connects me to others. And I'll tell you, that's a big part of my challenge. And I think the source of my addiction was a lack of connection. And so community and connections is particularly important to
0: me. Absolutely. And the, so the, what I, the biggest, one of the things that community has given me, you know, stepping into a meeting, having a recovery community, having a, if you have a religious community or a hobby community. Lots of people have, um, you know, affinity groups, you know, or, or book study groups. Like there's just people that you hang with. Um, that share uh, something in common with you. Um, It doesn't even matter what that thing is, but you find this shared humanity. And then when you have that, what, what I've discovered over time is that, and this might be a little heretical for people, is that when I have doubt, when I am uncertain, it doesn't mean I don't have faith It's the doubt is actually part of my faith. It's telling me that, oh, there's some growth coming. You know, that because faith for me is, is not a, you know, er, park, stop right here. You've arrived at your destination. It's more like recovery itself where it continues to unfold and it grows me and it stretches me. And so when I have doubt, when things are happening in life that I don't understand um, personally or all around me, I think we live in times right now that are great uncertainty. And so what does my faith tell me to do? and that's my question and i've can go through the uncertainty and i've discovered that doubt is a necessary part of my faith because it's calling me higher it's calling me to my next step it's calling me to my growth to you know to there's more chains to be dropped you know there's greater freedom coming um and i can do that because i have a community
1: i am with you on that i'm going to jump up and uh high-five if I could. <laughs> I, think, I think doubt is a critically important part of all this. And to me, uh, maybe I, I think I'm picking up on what you're sharing, what you're pointing at. Faith is not the same as um, sort of 100% assurance. Like, I know I know the answer, therefore I'm okay. It's, I'm okay when I'm sure I don't know the answer. Right. In fact, the real power I've found the further I walk this path Is in being willing to is knowing that I'm okay, even when I don't know how something works or what's going on. You know, the way my mind is wired, for you Enneagram fans, I'm an Enneagram 5, we've talked about that before, my primary MO is that if I can just understand how this works, then I can be okay in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with having skills around understanding, but none of us want to have all our eggs in one basket, right? We need to be balanced in our approach, and so part of my growth path is being comfortable when I don't know how something works and and when I'm not seeking to figure out how something works, even if that's not the appropriate approach. I had a wise teacher years ago who asked a question that I have repeated many times since then, and it's this, why ruin a perfectly good question with an answer? It's like, yes, why take all the power and possibility out of a situation by providing some what i would argue is false assurance that i know well guess what maybe i don't know and maybe not knowing is where the action really is and so hey if i could become comfortable doing what we call sitting in the question not feeling the need to rush to an answer allowing things to be open then i'm sitting in a place of tremendous possibility and direction and 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 power in a way, not overt power like power over people or circumstances. Right. I mean power personal, with internal power to growth. Yeah, to that growth.
0: power over the power with. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I have that that wise teacher was you. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I do. You, you must have heard it somewhere, but I learned uh, it from you. Yeah, and, I uh, I'm forever grateful for I that. I couldn't tell
0: you where it came from. I've just been saying it a long time. I'm sure it didn't originate with me. I'm not that original. But it I'm like I like you. When I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's, you know, ah, I don't need to know, you know." It was yeah, absolutely very powerful to do that I can just I don't have to know. And maybe the question itself is, therein lies the power. Because um, so often I'm like, you know, my best thinking got me here, right? Into a meeting, you know, um, or into, you know, act, um, into active addiction. You know, how many times did I hear that question? And when I first got clean, you know, your best thinking got you here. And so, right, so maybe I can stop thinking. And maybe I can just be still. And allow the the monkey mind to just play itself out and and be calm and be still and and with others you know do that together um so that i can find my way through you know and and take a step even if it's still dark um knowing that i'm not alone
1: absolutely and i'm i'm reminded again uh of something from the the i think the christian scripture this time i believe is from james about a statement about faith without works or without oh, action yeah. yep. it's, it's really nothing unto itself it's dead is the is the term right. that's used there in the scripture and so uh faith gives me that okayness assurance might be a little strong though i might feel like it's assurance that i can go ahead and take action in a certain direction right. and that. You know the faith guides my action so i guess that's another way that it shows up as guidance and and faith plus action that's what results in change yep. right i i can sit on my couch and um, live in my head as as long as i want to and affirm all these wonderful things but in, until i'm ready to put some feet to that um it's going to be severely limited because You know, I I like to grill things out back on my grill. And I have this tank of propane that represents pure grilling potential, right? (laughs) That's nice, but ain't nothing going to happen until I walk back there and light it Yeah. and then put whatever, you know, hamburger, black bean burger, whatever it is I'm eating and put that on there that nothing's going to happen at all. So we got about one minute, Kelly. What do you want to leave us with?
0: Well, I just – to carry on that same idea is that I also don't have to There, – there isn't one perfect answer that faith is what allows me to take the next step. And and if I take – if I make an action and I realize that uh, maybe I should have turned left instead of right, I get to act again. And it's faith that I'm standing on that um, I'm always moving to my highest good even if there's mistakes, does that make sense? Uh, I, you know, it does. Even if the decision I make, the action I take doesn't have the outcome I thought it would, then I make a new one. And it, But it's faith that drives me and faith like that, that reminds you, me I'm yes. not alone. Yeah. You miss your
1: turn, so what? Take the next turn. Right. <laughs> right. Move the blue line. When you come to and a fork
0: a- in the road, take it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a great segue as we move into action here on our show, because we know that unity's fifth principle states, it's not enough to know these truths, we must live them. That means we must each take action in order to grow and recover. So here's something you can do to move from the chains of addiction to newfound sense of freedom through faith.
0: So think of a way, uh, as you're listening right now, think of a way that you may be feeling in chains or in bondage um, somewhere in your life today that that. You know, you can feel constricted is maybe there's a relationship that's toxic or, you know, one that you just – a relationship that is just not a good fit in your life. Maybe you feel like you have to face um, life alone. And, you know, I just have to keep running through the mud all by myself or maybe there's a job that you're stuck in or that you don't like or maybe even you hate your job or maybe just every day kind of feels like a rut that every day it's there's all these have to's, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that. And you're not seeing any fun or any joy or, you know, that levity. So what's
1: important is to pick one thing, something simple to focus on for this exercise. And you can take what we do here today into your life this week and return to it anytime you choose in order to find peace. So let's use the example of feeling stuck in a rut, like recovery has too many have to's and there's not enough joy.
0: So we're gonna use a statement of power or what we refer to in unity as a denial to deny any power that we are giving to what binds us to the chains. So you could say something like this, I release anything and everything in my mind, my heart, and my body that stands between me and my joy. So you want to repeat that a few times in your head, um, or it's really good to say it out loud and to say it with conviction, to say it with power.
1: Yes, and then follow that up immediately with a bold, positive affirmation of a new experience. So you could say, uh, filled with positive expectation, I am centered and guided by faith, knowing that goodness and joy are everywhere present. And we've come to the end of our time here together. We hope you found something to help you on your recovery path. I want to thank you, Reverend Kelly, again for our discussion. I, I learned a lot. This has been great. And thank, thank you, you to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey.
0: And listeners, if you'd like,
1: you can join us next week. Until then, have a wonder-filled week.
0: Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesemann, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope.